0: Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market
1: Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the petty. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day.
0: Good morning everybody. Welcome to this Thursday. Edition of Benzinga's pre market prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkanen, Dennis Dick with you today. Well, same story as yesterday pretty much everything is down except for oil. We'll talk about uh, yesterday's action and what it means going forward. We'll talk about, of course, a big number at 830, 30 uh, US jobless claims due out. Uh, There's a big number last week, it'll be a bigger number this week potentially, so we'll talk about the market's reaction to that. Uh, we'll take some questions from our chat on YouTube and on premarket.benzinga.com. I want to remind everyone also to check out benzinga.com slash coronavirus. It's a nice little resource page that we built that's keeping track of news and stats uh, as they come in. Uh, guest today, Mark Chicken, he'll join us in about 13 minutes here, and let's throw it to Joel here. Joel, what's the word here? Overnight.
2: Uh, Spencer, we got some green on the screen here. Uh, Yeah, 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 come on. We're up 49 handles at 24.97, following through with that bounce off the close. Uh, Your pre-market high is 25.02. We got to get through that pre-market high. We got to take out the intraday high from yesterday at 09.75, and then perhaps take a run up at Tuesday's Globex High. But really important to clear 25.10 here this morning, or we just may go roll over and Tesla's from yesterday uh crude and the news was kind of telegraphed uh trump going over there to talk to uh putin and saudi arabia crude up 212 started to move in the after hour session your pre-market high comes in or your your cash high comes in at 22.55 that matches your weekly pivot that's a big big level to get over to get up to your four-day high at 23.44 but gold's rebounding. Spent a little time under sixteen hundred, but not for long. Up eighteen dollars and fifty cents at sixteen oh nine ninety. Silver, outpacing gold today, up three point four eight percent at fourteen forty seven. And uh, don't look now, but Bitcoin's moving up on uh, seven thousand, up four hundred and seventy five dollars. At 6,595. So triple D, I guess uh, I kind of made a big deal about the rally off the close yesterday. But when you're down a 1,000 points and you rally back a couple hundred, uh, I guess it's nothing to get too excited about.
1: Yeah, just normal shop, I think, at the close there. Obviously, we've been talking about the imbalances at the close that come out at 350. And those do move stocks. I didn't notice anything crazy yesterday, though, because I've been trading them every day. So it wasn't like well the imbalances are going to rip us higher we, we were just chopping around so lots of chop we get a little bit of a relief pop I mean a lot of shorts one point to make Joe while you're seeing some of these end of day rallies is if you're short you know and you're a day trader you're, you're always scared about holding overnight for one reason and that reason is oh what is you know we're going to have a press conference again what if they say something what if the Fed you know all of a sudden does something there's you know reasons that day traders really? cover at the end of the day. I, I trade overnight. I hold stuff overnight. I try to trade market neutral, though. But if you're just flat out you know, short in the market, you you're probably don't you – know, if you're a day trader, you probably don't like holding overnight because a lot of things happen overnight. We know the wicked moves really happen overnight in both directions. Again, today is the same story. The catalyst for the rally this morning is obviously oil, oil trading up substantially here in the pre-market. I mean, really, we've talked about it. You know, of, of the two, We have two main crisis, crises going on. Obviously, the coronavirus is 90 percent of it, but we also hiddenly have an oil crisis going on, and that is going to lead to a lot of bankruptcies. We saw one yesterday with Whiting Petroleum declaring bankruptcy. I think we're going to see a lot more. That's WLL. We're going to see a lot more of those to come. So anytime you get a pop, a 10 percent pop in oil, it's going to lift the entire market because the market is very, very nervous about the potential for a lot of companies to go bankrupt, oil companies, that is.
2: All right. Well, uh, let's talk about some of the morning movers here. Let's just talk about movers, you know, considering uh, the virus. I mean, that's pretty much what the biggest mover are well, I mean on. the
1: big moves today is oil I think we should start there with the oil stocks we just mentioned them obviously we lost WLL yesterday it's still trading these things don't go to zero um, you know we've seen companies go to bankruptcy and then stocks actually don't go to zero I mean PCG is maybe the best example of that but there's oh, not yeah. going to be a lot left for shareholders like in a, a stock like WLL um, there's going to be a lot more there's 40, companies. there's 47 through. cents left well 47 cents right now they're pricing in <laughs> I mean, that, that's the hope trade, but I, I would call that the hopeless trade. Um, I think if you're buying a bankrupt oil company right now, there's better places to put your money. Um, there's going to be a lot more companies to follow suit. So we, we know that you know, with the oil, with the situation it is, you know, at $20 a barrel, there's a lot of companies that are, just cannot stay profitable or even stay solvent at these prices. So unless we have a rip your face off rally and oil get, gets back up over $40 in a hurry, you're going to slowly see a lot of companies, uh, oil companies fade out here. Um, you know, the big survivors are still probably going to be Chevron. You can see it in the stock price. It's held up better. We've already said Exxon and Conoco, those are the big three. There's a lot of other ones that are just basically lottery tickets at this point in time. Um, you know, there is going to be some players. There is going to be some survivors. So they're not all going to zero, but there's going to be a lot of them that do. What are your thoughts here, Joel? Let's just take it back to the overall markets. I mean, we get a nice rally in the S- SPY here this morning with, uh, with the oil rally um significant sell-off yesterday is this a bounce to be sold what are your thoughts here as we rally one and a half percent this morning
2: i uh, do you want my technical or my fundamental gut feel
1: well you know but it's funny you say that because i watched the como press conference yesterday and it was um you know around one o'clock in the afternoon and he's a good speaker and you know he's talked about here, here's the facts and here's opinion. So first he gave all his facts and then he gave his opinion at the end. So um, let's do it that way. Let's do the facts. So the technicals are the facts. Let's uh, talk the technicals and then give us your opinion at the end.
2: Uh, we, we had a low at Monday, which was at a good weekly level. You took that out. And I think everyone was looking for the bottom to fall out yesterday, but, in all reality, you recovered Monday's low. You recovered the weekly level, and you're moving yourself away from that level. So that that's good. All right. That from if you're just like if you had your blinkers on, there was no virus. That's what you would be saying, right? And we, you know, the low was in. We're bouncing up. We're going to do some work in the 2500s today. And then we're going to work our way. I mean, you got a roof from uh, earlier in the week and, and at the end of last week. It, this is called 2630 area. Um, so that that's what I'm looking at technically. Fundamentally, I just don't know how you could value companies. I don't know what the earnings are going to be. I don't know how high unemployment's going to be. I don't know what the stimulus is going to do. Restaurants are closed. Hotels are closed. Entertainment venues are closed. I mean, unless there's some kind of immediate cure or snapback, then I I still just remain very skeptical on the market. And uh, as far as long-term investing goes, I just just don't have the heart to deploy a lot of assets yet. And I'm also, so
0: wait, also, what about this? But what about, it's so crazy out there that the SEC is giving extensions uh, for earnings filings. Like, for like, <laughs> the companies don't even know, they can't, they can't even get their own house in order, right? Like, how, like how, how are we supposed to know anything when they can't even figure it out? They're, they're all withdrawing their guidance. They don't even know what their earnings are. I mean, <laughs> they're getting an extension on their earnings reports here. So we're going to have a, Completely uh, unusual earnings season coming yeah. up here. Oh,
2: oh my gosh. Oh
3: yeah.
1: Let, let's just talk it overall. And we got five minutes, and we'll, we'll continue maybe the conversation with Mark, because yeah, I you know when mm-hmm. I go on a tangent it'll be five minutes. But if you just talk the overall situation, it is not good. April was said yesterday by the White House, and that was probably the, the, the comments that spooked the market. April is going to be an ugly month. We are going to get a significant amount of more cases and a significant amount more deaths. That is going to spook the market. We have no, absolutely no hope of opening the economy in April. Probably no hope of opening in May. Yesterday I watched Pence and he was talking about June. That's what Pence was talking about yesterday. So like trying to get a kickstart back in June. So April and May are a write off. The question is how long can these businesses survive with the economy closed? You know your cruise lines are going to be in, in deep, deep trouble. We already know that. You know The airlines are in deep, deep trouble. You know which stocks are in deep, deep trouble. But there's going to be a lot of companies that are in somewhat trouble that are going to be in, in deep trouble too if this goes on for three, six months. I mean, it goes on for a month, a lot of companies are going to be fine. If it goes on for two months, maybe going to be fine. You go on for four, five, six months where we're in like a, a socially social distancing period. It, it's concerning. So the unknowns here, nobody knows. So, you know, somebody says, oh, I know we're going to get open by June. Nobody knows anything. I don't know when we're going to open. There's no idea. Pence is just guessing. Pence is guessing. We don't know how this is all going to materialize. So if you have, if you have any money in this market that you need, this is not the time to deploy it. I saw somebody, you know, saying they were margining out their account on Boeing or something. That, that's insane. That's insane. I mean, Aubrey, Aubrey McClendon, CEO who passed away from Chesapeake, Um, really believed in his own company. And he bought the stock on margin. Like nobody, you know, believed in his own company more. He ended up, you know, losing all of that plus a lot of borrowed money by buying on margin. Buying stocks on margin in your investment portfolio, I think is nuts, in my opinion. Trading on margin is a different story. You're managing it, you're getting in and out, you day traders, I use margin. But when you're throwing, you know, and saying, I'm going to go on margin in your investment portfolio, if you're 100% margin in your investment portfolio and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the stock market falls 50%, your entire investment portfolio is gone. If you're in cash, like if you're, you know, only like 80% or 90% invested, you still have your stocks. You can never, you know, blow, blow out your account if you're not using into margin. You will still have some stocks at the end of it. So the, all I want to say is this is not the environment to go all in. We do not know how it's going to end. There could be some money made. Maybe the cure comes out tomorrow. Maybe a vaccine comes out sooner than expected, even though Scott Gottlieb on CNBC was saying 18, you know, it could be up to 12 to 18 months before a vaccine um, or maybe even longer. Um, So, you know, the, the hope for that is not probably in the near future. So when you just analyze all that and you look at this market, what it did, it really feels like it was just a bounce in a bear market. I think the bounces are still to be sold. This is my opinion. I think the news flow and logic says the news flow is going to be terrible still coming up here, especially for April and maybe even into May before, you know, we get to the top of this thing, what they're saying and the apex are saying at the end of April. I don't see a reason to just jump in here and start buying stocks and call the bottom. Financials are a mess. The banks are a mess. You know, those are close to the lows. Um, You know, and, you know, obviously, you know, money is is important. But, you know, you look at these things and you think, man, you know, a lot of bankruptcies are coming your way, banks. There's a lot of issues. So, I mean, with all that being said, I want to own some stocks. I never want to go to 100% cash, but I don't want to be all in either. And like I've said on my invest portfolio, I'm sitting about 75% cash right now. So I was up to 80. I put a little bit of money to work. We know the stocks I talked about. I bought six stocks and partial pieces, but I'm still sitting with a lot of cash because I think there could be another huge lag down. I would not be surprised if the market retests those lows and takes them out. It would not surprise me whatsoever. And I would not surprise me if we fell to like Fari Hamsey's target of Dow, what do you say, 16,000? Is that what Fari said? 15. 15 or 16. I mean, that would, that's possible. That's on the table. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's on the table. I don't see a catalyst unless we get a cure tomorrow. I don't see a catalyst for us to rip up here to new all-time highs. So I think the path of least resistance is still down. As a trader, I'm more inclined to sell rips than to buy dips at this point in time.
2: Um, I, you know, I have to agree with you. I think that the best, you know, besides the other technical thing that I, you know, I mentioned just the raw numbers. The market is calming down. So the uh, the average daily range is just slicing down. Uh, we were over two hundred. Now we're down to one sixty two fifty. So you know maybe we're not gonna you know whoosh down and test the lows. But I I've talked with some different traders and they're adjusting their trading styles. I mean you could the best thing in here is just if the market can just quietly consolidate, bring those average ranges down. Like Dennis, you were plenty worried yesterday. Like they, I'm plenty they, worried
1: today. Yep, I'm still yep. plenty worried. Don't kid yourself. Okay. I would not have 75% cash in my long-term <laughs> if investment portfolio if I wasn't plenty worried. You know, it, it's insanity. I'm 43 years old. It's insane to have that much cash. But this is my job. You know, some people can just you know, if you're a passive investor, you just ride it out. But you know, I feel like I can extract alpha in my long-term portfolio by timing the market better. So not only am I going to make it on the trading side, I want to make it and do and manage my investment portfolio better than the next guy. So by me selling, you know, and then trying to rebuy lower, which I've already rebought, you know, I sold my Activision Blizzard and I rebought. There's a couple stocks I rebought. I sold my Qualcomm up in the 80s. I rebought half of it at 65, you know, last you know, last week when we talked about it. So you know, Micron, I sold. I actually was going to rebuy Micron, but I, you know, had the good earnings. It's starting to look weak here again. I might get a shot in the lower 30s. I was actually, I had an order out there to buy it at 40 and uh, it expired because I had sent it from a few days ago and I didn't put it back out there in the long-term portfolio. But it, it's all about, you know, and my perspective and I'll bring Mark on in here in a second. I mean, I'm a, I'm a money manager you know, I'm managing my own investment portfolio. So obviously I'm going to do trades based on how I feel, how I'm reading the charts and how not only reading the charts, but how I'm reading the news, flow, flow. Dennis, news I, flow. I'm all about the news flow. We know that I'm yeah. a news flow trader. I trade the headlines. I trade the news. I trade the news flow, you know, and the news flow in January, it was, you know, we already talked about that. <clears throat> the news flow in January looked like, Hey, there's a possibility this thing could come over here. And I don't want to be all in on the markets right now. That's why I lighten up. You, know, you don't go all in. But you know, at this point in time, if you're coming here selling now, it's hard to say. Like we're not at a coin flip. I think it's still, the bears are still leading here. I think we do go retest those lows. But we're not at a point here where if you're all in like that, you should just be selling everything now. I mean, you're down 30%. You know, a lot of bad news is priced into this market. How much of it though, if this continues and we start to get bankruptcies because we're closed for too long, how much of that continues, I don't know. But I feel it, still feel like the path of least resistance is down and that's why I'm not betting heavily on stocks. All right, Mark's uh, here though, he's yeah, high in the background.
0: Let's in our guest, Mark Chakin, the founder of Chaykin Analytics. Mark, good morning.
3: Good morning, how are you? Uh,
0: I'm doing good. Uh, before we start, uh, Mark, I'm just curious, uh, the past few weeks, I, I don't know how long you've been social distancing for. We've been doing it for about three weeks here. Uh, how hard have the, I'm just curious, on scale one to 10, how hard have the last three weeks been for you, just personally?
3: Uh, it's been a, uh, well, if one is easy, it's a one, but we're blessed. We're up here in the country, as you know, in Connecticut, uh, access to everything we need once a week, twice a week. Uh, Good. We're we're cooking. A lot of people are cooking. Yeah. You know, we're we're in touch with a lot of people from New York, Philadelphia. They're handling it well, but I'm talking about upper middle class to wealthy people. Uh, what my concern is in the lower income neighborhoods, where you've got kids home. There's a lot of healthcare providers in those families who have to go to work. Uh, there's a lot of um, distress in places that you and I don't normally interact with, uh, the rent check, the utility check. Um, here's, here's another thing that's stressing people, to get your $1,200 check, you have to have filed a tax return. If you're a right. low income earner or oh, um, on social security, you have to file a 2019 return. Well, to do that, they can't afford a ta- an accountant. They've got to go to a community tax center. They're closed. Or they can't get there, so uh, w- the fact that I'm enduring this well is nice, but the there's a big swath of America oh, who's look not. at the
2: other ninety nine point nine percent
3: yeah um, but having said that you know the 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 one percent is going to start feeling some pain as well when you start looking at uh, the t- social trends. Rent strikes being organized digitally in New York and Los Angeles yesterday. People talking about not paying their utility bills. So there's some ripple effects and second and third order effects that make um, uh, Dennis's forecast sound mild. Uh, Dennis, I I, I agreed with 98% of what you said. I'll take exception. What was the 2%? Well, 2% is if you're a passive investor in this for the long term, you write it out. If you haven't raised some cash, you don't write it out. In my view, you use rallies like we just saw into Monday to raise some cash. And the reason is you're less likely to panic at the bottom. That's a good point. I've seen In my career, I've seen thousands of people panic at the bottom because they didn't have cash.
1: I mean, this is, you know, uh, that's it, a really good point. It is a really good point. The cash makes you feel more comfortable to be able to hold through it. And you need to like analyze what's my, you know, comfort, you know, how much money, like I look, this, this is the way I was looking at it back in, you know, just, you know, a few weeks ago when we started going down and I was like, do I want to go to hundred percent cash? It's like, I looked at how much money I have overall. And I looked at how much money I have in stocks. And I'd set in a worst case scenario. And you know, we don't know worst case scenarios, but I'm saying, could I stomach my portfolio going down 70% because It's not, it's not probable, but I mean, in this environment, who the hell knows? So take, you know, what you have in stocks and say, if it went down from this point, say another 50%, can I stomach that? And if you can't, then you need to raise some more cash. So, you know, if if you've got, you know, a hundred grand in stocks, can you stomach another $50,000 in losses? That's, you know, what you have to ask yourself, because we don't know how this ends. Nobody knows how this ends. A a, a cure could come out tomorrow or, or some type of therapy and the market could really rally on that or this could get really ugly. You know, if people start getting sick, here's a really ugly scenario. People start getting sick in China again, as they try to reopen it, and they have to start closing it up again. That's the worst case scenario, because everybody's looking to China as the hope right now. So I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios that are on the table here. And you know, there's a lot of bearish scenarios. And that's why I want to sit with a little more cash to be more comfortable right now, like Mark is saying.
2: We're on the line with Mark Shaken of Shaken Analytics. He joins our show every two weeks to give us his long uh, seasoned outlook on the markets. Uh, Mark, I, th- I think the most frustrating thing for me when I when I talk to people and um, you know family and friends and relatives and stuff when when you talk to them about the market, they they look at well they can't sell now because they lost money mm-hmm. from where the top was in the market. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I try and say, no, no, you didn't lose money. You didn't maximize your gain. You have to look at where your cost basis is. And I in and, and that mentality, I, I, I think even, you know, Lisa well, even was on you, the show. I yeah. just want to
1: interrupt you, Joel. Even if your cost basis is higher, it yes. doesn't matter at this point in time. I mean, it's all about what you can stomach. Mark made such a good point. Some people can stomach, you know, losing 50, 60, 70% of their money. I mean, we lost 57% in the financial crisis. and the tech bubble burst, the NASDAQ lost over 80%. Now, that was a valuation issue. This is a completely different animal, though. Like, Mark, what are, what are your thoughts here? Because, you know, you've said, you know, raise cash on the rallies. What are your indicators showing? I mean, what, what are they showing here? Like, it feels like this was just a a, a bear market rally here, like a dead cat bounce, you know, because nothing goes straight down. It doesn't feel like this was the start of a new bull market, as I read in that one headline from the one newspaper. Well,
3: I feel is not the uh, the right word. It, this was a rally in a bear market. Uh, without question, it came to a 382 Fibonacci retracement. Indicators don't mean anything here, Dennis. True. Uh, levels do. So uh, the retracement 382 right on schedule, 20% rally or so, NASDAQ leading the way. That's all fine. Uh, One thing, though, the utilities led the way on the rally, which is scary because that's not the way you want to see a rally happen. So that was another reason that you wanted to sell that retracement. And there'll be more of them. Uh, Who knows what this employment number is going to be? You know, you could get a big rally if the employment unemployment number at 830 uh, is uh, better than expected. But I think you have to have some core principles here. One of them is capital preservation is more important than capital gains right now. And that speaks to everything you were talking about. And that's why you're in cash or partially in cash. And everybody should be, in my view. The other thing is that you got to look at historical bear market patterns. Once you exceed 30% on the S&P on a closing basis, you typically go down at least to the 50% level, which is 1,700. Could it be different? Yes, if a vaccine or a treatment Happen tomorrow, but there 's also the medical people who are telling you don 't get complacent if it looks like the wave has been uh, dampened because we you know if let 's say the curve in New York City drops we 've dampened it well, that means day two from the top is still a terrible day it 's not going to zero that 's what people aren 't getting and all of this speaks to the fact that this bear market could be longer than people expect, even with positive developments along the way.
0: I just want to interrupt with one thing. Uh, the Treasury did reverse course yesterday. Those Americans who didn't file uh, tax returns are still, can, will still get the $1,200 payment automatically into their bank account. So that's no longer a requirement to get the money.
3: Uh that's excellent. I didn't see that in yep. uh,
0: as of as of yesterday afternoon, I believe.
3: So. Excellent. I mean there some of the things that are happening that are the average investor doesn't even focus on um mortgage servicing companies. The companies that service your mortgage are on the line for your payments. So if you don't pay this month because you don't have the money or whatever reason, they pay it for you. They'll do that for two or three months. Well, if this thing goes on longer and longer and people don't have the cash to pay their mortgage or their rent check, someone's on the hook for that. It's not like it just goes away and the Fed can't wave a hand over it and say it'll be all right. So the real estate trusts are are seriously uh, in trouble. The banks, which is what you saw yesterday, have a problem municipalities have a problem because where do they get the bulk of their revenue? A sales taxes and B real estate taxes. So if the landlord isn't getting paid, he's not going to pay his real estate taxes. So municipalities have a problem. There's a ripple effect, the second and third order effects. This thing is just not going to go away. I, I, as I said on that special, we did at the close, uh, last week, this is not about picking a bottom. This is about coming through the other side hole and being in a position to accomplish your whatever goals you have for your family and your retirement we can 't let this be the great depression uh, because we can prepare for it in the great depression people couldn 't de- prepare for it. The banks went out of business so quickly that there was nothing you could do. You lost everything. People can prepare for it now by raising cash by putting it into safe places if if we don 't have a, a Great Depression again. There will be safe places. You know, Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan, City. Hopefully, safe places. Vanguard, Fidelity. So that's my message to people. You can do something. You don't have to just sit there, put your head in the sand, and and pray.
0: Yeah, the, the, those are all really good points. I, I guess I was going to ask you uh, if your fifty percent retracement target was still online, but you don't seem to be interested in picking the bottom.
3: So. <laughs> Well, a 50% retracement.
0: For, for, from the highs? Oh, yeah.
3: No, uh, I, I think yeah. 1,700 is a realistic target. Uh, we don't have to go there, but based on the last uh, eight bear markets where we exceeded 30%, the likelihood is we, 50% down. It's also a retracement from the uh, bottom at 666 in um, 2009. So it's a 50%, roughly a 50% retracement of that level. Uh, All it is, is a guideline. You watch the support levels coming down. If we break the previous low, then you're looking at 2,02100 as a support level. But uh, this is like water going through a dike. It, It once, and by the way, there's something you said that was very smart. Volatility is coming down and This relates to those gamma traders that I'm just starting to understand who are now not in a position where they have to chase every decline down or every rally up. So yesterday, if the gamma traders were in the position they were in a week and a half ago, we probably would have been down 10% yesterday, but the loss was limited to 5% because natural buyers stepped in and you didn't have these waves of protection heaped on protection. And I don't know if you've talked about that on air. I'm just starting to understand what that's all about. It's about market makers being on the other side of trades. And there's a level where they're underwater and they've got to chase every rally up and and every decline down. That ended with the uh, quadruple witch expiration. So uh, that's why uh, you're seeing uh, Joel. I'm going
0: to interrupt you here. I'm going interrupt you here, Mark. We're about 30 seconds away from a jobless claims number. I'm going to pull up a one minute chart of the S&P futures just to see how this thing moves. The estimate for this week's number, three point, the consensus estimate, 3.1 million jobless claims filed last week. That would be uh, just below. The week before is reading of 3.28 million. Uh, you would also expect the, the reading from last week to get revised higher, and the number is uh, let's see, continuing jobless claims, 3.029 uh, million. That that's for continuing initial. What is that right?
3: Six. Six point six million. That's what I was oh looking for. Oh my god. Yeah, I was looking for six.
0: Oh my. 6 million, 6.6 million initial jobless claims filed last month, uh, last week, excuse me. Uh, that doesn't even account people who are being furloughed, who are still employed but can't get paid. Uh, Brian Sazi from Yahoo Finance tweeted this morning that uh, this week alone, a quarter million workers from Macy's and, and the Gap. Uh, have been uh, furloughed, so they, this doesn 't even count this number doesn 't even count them, but six point six million people filed for unemployment last week uh, double the reading from two weeks ago. holy cow
3: yep restaurant workers retail you add them up it 's going to get the auto
2: work, well i don 't know if they the auto workers probably still are not included in that they 're probably just furloughed
0: oh my God, Joel, yeah. uh, what are you seeing out there?
2: What am I seeing is at this point in time they're trying to buy the dip yeah and, the futures
3: um, are not at least uh, I'm yep. looking at the futures on tradestation maybe they're le- delayed but nope. they're not they're not dropping
2: no um I was looking at mid range on the session I was just crowing on that uh if I was a purely technical trader I would have bought that because we're above the weekly pivot. We're above the lows for the week and we've strode. You know, had a strong session, but I'm not a technical trader today and I didn't buy the mid range. at 79 and a quarter. Uh, we went down to 76, 75. You're looking at a tad bagger. We're holding up to the highs of the session. So yeah, the market is discounting. Here. Yeah, we got a and uh, We were talking about this with Dennis on the pre-pre-market show. I mean, the market is... For the most part, reacting rationally, like when there's bad news about the virus, we go down. When there's good news, it goes up. To me, this is not a rational reaction to the fundamental
1: information. Well, you know, it is, though, because, you know, what? everybody knows the expectations and economic numbers are for an epic disaster. Every single economic number they're expecting a disaster on. So it's not surprising. Same thing you know, when we got the jobs numbers last week and everybody's like, how did we rally on that? We ripped on it because the ex- it's all about expectations and it's not even about the numbers in themselves. Everybody's just expecting a disaster and we got a disaster. So there's no doubt, even if it misses like the estimate, by, it's not even about that 3.1 million estimate. It's about a disaster. A disaster is a disaster. We know all the economic numbers are gonna be a disaster. That's why they're actually rallying them on these on these crazy, horrible numbers. Well, there's some good,
3: Dennis. There's some good news in here. Uh, in yeah, sure. In terms of what you're describing, it means that the algos have reprogrammed their news parsing. Because if this were a week and a half ago, the market would be down a thousand points. The so the algos are either less active They've in adjusted. the market or they have reprogrammed. So this is also bringing back a little bit of stability and sanity to the market, even though it's unknown. And uh, I agree with Joel, it, it's, it's crazy, but uh, it's crazy like a fox. The algos have clearly reprogrammed. Uh, can I ask you a question? Because you've got some experienced traders uh, on the screen with me. I bought a vertical put spread two days ago. When the market was down at its lows yesterday, I took my profit and I felt like I was sort of violating my principles because I bought it to protect my wife, Sandy's portfolio where she's 50% invested. Yeah. But when I saw a, a double in the trade, and the and these were in the yeah. SPYs, uh, I just fe- felt compelled to take it. Now, this morning, I could buy that back at a much lower price than I sold it. What, how do you handle Protection versus trading profits in the options market.
1: I have struggled with this question for my entire 20 year trading career. Because <laughs> as a trader, you're looking at the things all the time. And you know, and I was in the same thing. I bought puts and we talked about this. I bought puts back in January on my investment portfolio. I had not done that ever. Ever. I'd never done that before, like bought puts on my investment portfolio. I've always just been you ride it out, you know. I would, you know, I'd move around the cash a little bit you know, I'd raise, you know, a little more cash if I was nervous, or I'd, you know, get more aggressive, you know, investing if I wasn't nervous. But, um, you know, I flat out bought insurance, I flat out bought puts, and I've never done that. And, you know, I wrote it for a while. But the (laughs) trader in me made me take a little bit off when we dropped, you know, from, um, you know, we were on spy, I had bought the 333 puts when spy was at 333. (laughs) And when we got down to 290, I took a little bit off and then we you know we bounced around a little bit. Then we got down to 280 and I took a little bit more off. Then we got down to 270, I took it all off. And now we're 246. I don't have any protection left. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, so the trader in me actually screwed up. And I had chances like the trader in me if I would have put that protection back on, there were some good fed bounces in there that I probably could have put it back on at a better price. But I never put it back on, and that's you know what what basically happened is um you know, and as we tank here, I'm trying to look at this. My stock's going, but um, it, it, it's hard to separate trading from investing. It's so hard to do as a as a full time trader. Yeah, I'll uh, my that. mark.
2: My comment would be, you know, twofold on this. Uh, one, when you have that temptation, take off half the position. You know, if you if you're trying to hold it as a long term play on the market going back to the lows, but you can't resist the profit take half off because if you would have taken half off, you wouldn't have, I don't even know where, you know, how much better you're going to be able to get it on now, but at least you, 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 you satisfied your, your temptation to take a profit. And then you also have stuck with your long-term position. All the other thing I would have to say about that is you got to, I think, and what the market's trying to tell you, is you got to dial down your expectations now on trades. And we had that crazy volatility and that crazy movement. So, you know, you know, yeah, maybe you're hoping it to go, you know, cover that thing at 2200 or whatever, but I think it's going to take longer to do it. And, and I think you just got to, you either got to be more patient and dial down and, you, you know, with a vertical spread, you are on the sell sides, so you are bringing in some decay, but I just think you have to, you know, overall temper your expectations until we start heating up again with the 200 point ranges.
3: I like that, and you're clearly psychic because the short side of that trade was the 220 uh, S&P put. So, <laughs> you, you knew what I was thinking, and um, I I do think that if people are going to do uh, position insurance or trade the downside, you got to give yourself time. I was in the May first weeklies, so I had a month of time. Okay, um, and I will tell you that the vertical still worked better yesterday than uh, the, buying the 250 put outright it was it was a big difference so i i think vertical spreads sometimes it, in the it helps
1: it, mark it helps so much because the premiums are so high right now yeah so when you come in here and you're paying these crazy premiums i mean the way you're doing it makes so much more sense in an environment where it's crazy expensive just to flat out buy insurance when i bought yeah. it back in january i kept saying how cheap insurance was i kept saying on the show you know i bought those 333 puts i went out to june so giving me four months and I only paid like the equivalent of less than 1% a month for protection. Wow. It was just crazy cheap back then. But the VIX was 13. It was, you know, before the whole, and the only reason I said that, I said, is if, if this virus comes here, and I said this on the show back in January multiple times, it's going to get ugly. We don't know it's not going to. We hope it's not going to. But if it does, the markets could seriously fall. And, you know, I said, I can stomach a 10 or 20% fall. I can't stomach a 50% fall. And that's why I brought protection to my portfolio. Again, I screwed up. I lifted the protection too soon and when we got the 20% fall 25% fall I was like okay that's good enough and you know and obviously you know I, 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 the trader in me messed that up because I should still have the hedge on right now and I'd be a lot more calm but you know with that being said you know it's very hard to separate trading and investing but the way you're doing it with the verticals is so much in, in this environment it's really the only way to do it because just flat out buy puts in this environment here right now is just too expensive.
3: Uh, you know, that, yeah. that is- I hate right. to tell you, but you are calmer than normal. So some, something in you has, uh, <laughs> yeah, has sometimes, centered. Sometimes.
2: <laughs> uh, Mark, the other thing too is, uh, you know, where I've had some success is kind of legging into stuff. Like, so if I, like you know, let's say I had sold like a, a 256 pu- or bought a 256 put and I could get a huge lead on, you know, and get a really nice and lock in some profit, then I might sell like the 255. And then, you know, trying because there are ebbs and flows, and it's just amazing. Sometimes I end up making a lot of money on the one that I was short, you know, with the timing of it. But yeah, um,
3: absolutely.
2: Yeah. So there's just a couple of tips. But uh, folks, the market got rational on us yeah, while Mark was smart. Yeah. Logics yeah, that
3: rally didn't last, did it?
2: No, it
1: didn't. Logic's no. winning.
2: Mark, we mean- just explain verticals real quick for Murray, and then we'll let you go?
3: Sure, uh you're doing what you said you want to take in some premium to reduce the cost. So you're buying an at uh, or a slightly out of the money uh, it, when I do it I like to buy an at the money or or an out of the money. So I with the S&P uh, with the SPY at 260 I put on the 250 220 spread. So I bought the 250 put which was four uh, three and a half percent out of the money, and I sold the two twenty put to reduce my cost uh and that works out over and over again because that short the um short option is subject to time decay at a much higher rate than the option which as it happened, the next day went in the money. Think about that. I, I bought a, a ten point, uh, you know, ten points out of the money, and it was in the money yesterday, which is why I sort of said okay. But vertical put spreads, uh, as Dennis said, in a climate of implied volatility elevated, is the only way to trade uh, the uh, the short side, in my view, because the long put is so expensive uh, that you're inclined to buy.
0: All right. Mark Chaykin is the founder of Chaykin Analytics. Mark, thanks for the extended time today, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks.
3: My pleasure. Stay safe, guys.
0: All right. Uh, I want to bring your attention over to LK here. Luckin Coffee is the definition of a falling knife. It just hit a new all-time low. They had a filing out a few moments ago while Mark was talking uh, that they have formed a special committee related to um, some – unsavory behavior that may have included uh, f- uh, fabricating some transactions so there could be some financial fraud involved here and this thing dropped like a freaking brick
2: I mean that's uh, all there is to say about it <laughs> uh, I mean in, in any market environment accounting I learned this a long time ago when I was trading and working at Oldie the last thing the market wants to hear is accounting problems. Okay, so there you go. And that you know you put everything else in uh, take into account what's going on there. The last thing you want to hear about is accounting problems, and you get punished for it. And that I don't even know what the we're tell down
1: sixty-seven percent in this thing. This is was a darling just at the beginning of January. This was a stock that everybody wanted to own. This thing was ripping. It had ripped in November to January, it went up 200%. It's now given everything back and is now making new all-time lows. That's incredible. Incredible. Um, one you know, thing, and I just want to point this out, is I've seen people talk about writing naked puts on, on different stocks. And, you know, This is why I don't like writing puts. Because this can happen. This can happen, especially on... I'm not, not going to say it, but we know there's been... You know, the, the accounting standards in China are much different than the accounting standards in the U.S. To they're, put it, it nicely, to, to it, put it it's, nicely. Just the, it's just it's just the way it is. You know, even the accounting standards And obviously when we didn't talk about in the COVID situation. They're counting the count, the way they count the numbers over there. <laughs> were obviously different than the U.S. Here as well. Hey, <laughs> so, it, I, I stayed just out of this discussion, man. So, anyways, that's all I'm saying. It's very, you know, now, who knows? I mean. Is it a good buy down? Who knows? When accounting, Kramer always uses the rules. When you hear accounting stuff, it equals sell. The thing just fell 70%. I mean, if you're in it, I, don't, I can't even tell you what to do. There's no way to even tell you what to do on something like this. But horrible news for the bulls. I mean, this is just the way this market is. It's very finicky right now. But it doesn't even matter. When you've got accounting issues, it doesn't matter what kind of market you're in. Stock's going down significantly. Special committee brought to the attention of the board. COO misconduct, including fabricating certain transactions. That does not sound good.
2: Yeah. Yep. 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 Yep.
1: Sorry to, the, sorry to the longs on that one, bearer of bad news, six, down 69% here now, down eight bucks. I mean, sometimes there is, you know, opportunities on the bounces. Let's go to Ameren, and it, you know, put in this nice floor at $4 for two days in a row and then started lifting here. And there was analysts that were saying they're going to appeal this. And, you know, there is a hope trade here in ARN. I thought it was getting down and dirty in this one, in like the 430, 440 area, because, you know, you knew they're going to appeal it. It's felt. It felt like, you know, it didn't make a new low yesterday. That's why I was looking at it. I was like, it didn't take out yesterday's low, 395 to four. And now it gets big look. Now it's up too much from those lows. But, you know, if you're looking and not comparing it to Luckin Coffee, but what I like to do is let the dust settle for the first day. I mean, you might have thought this thing was at cheap at 10. It's at seven now. So, you know, we let the dust settle, see what happens. If you're going to go in it for a trade, I almost always let the first day just what happens, happens. And then look. And if the previous day's low can hold, at least you have a point of reference. then. Yes.
2: Trade.
1: Because right now you have no point of reference. The stock has never been this low before. If you're buying it here, you're just trying to call the bottom. And I've lost a lot of money over my 20-year trading career trying to call bottoms.
2: I just want to put uh, You know, Mark said a lot of things. And, you know, we say a lot of things that we don't want to, you know, I mean, we definitely have our opinions and our slants towards the markets and we discuss it. But I think one thing between you and Mark and myself, and one thing we've been really consistent about is this is just not a bounce back situation. This is just, everything's just not going to be peachy keen in May and June or July or August. This is a, this is a long-term structural change in our economy. This is the way people are going to conduct business. There's new businesses are going to emerge from this. There's there's uh there's bankruptcies that are going to be happening. There's some companies that are going to come out stronger. But just give you an example here and this is not, you know, me, Dennis, or Mark. Boeing is offering employees buyouts as the CEO said it will take years for the airlines and aerospace industry to recover from the coronavirus. I mean, how how much better can it be put like that? I mean, you know, and that's still being optimistic, saying that, you know, we're going to recover, which eventually we will. But just trying to put a, a perspective on things because it's why we've been so conditioned over all these years, the markets, since 2008, to be confronted with something like this. It's very hard to change your psychology.
0: I, I think uh, some industries could bounce back. I could see a scenario where, like, you know, the fast food industry bounces back pretty quickly. Uh, But others could take, like you said, months. But I don't know. You know know why I disagree
2: with that? I disagree with that, number one, because fast food is very unhealthy for you. Okay? Yeah. And if you spent $20 at McDonald's over a week, how many meals could you have going to Kroger's and buying $20 worth of food?
0: yeah I mean healthy I don't, I don't, food a cheap, yeah, your cheaper I, I, price I, I don't disagree with that I, I'm just saying I could uh, yeah th- this will take a long time to recover but I could see a scenario where certain industries recover a lot sooner than but, others tr- very the quickly. travel industry travel will take years years yeah okay? but other industries won't that's that, that, that's just my point
1: Spencer it's a fantastic point you're making um, the ones that do survive. The restaurants that get through this are going to bounce back very quickly once they get through it. But the question is, can, you know, how long can some of these restaurants survive? I mean, you've got like Cheesecake Factory that is basically just sit down. They're not pay, paying their rent. Can't pay their rent. Can't, can't pay their, pay their rent. rent. So this is a fantastic company. I love, You go to these things and they're lined up. I mean, it's a fantastic business. I was there a month ago. I was at one a month ago. Fantastic food. Fantastic business.
2: Where? Cheesecake, Cheesecake factory. Cheese. Ugh, yeah. It's so big portions. You I love what? big
1: portions. America loves big portions. Joel, you're healthy, but America loves big portions. I love big portions. I'm a big eater. I'm, big eater. I'm 210 pounds. I'm a big eater. I just want to say. I love big weren't portions.
2: you 200? I was and buying I was running a, t- a lot, but I can't leave the house got, now. Oh, I, was oh, oh. I was buying 200. Joe, that was
0: Joe. That was before this crisis. Was exactly before the crisis, what? now I can't <laughs> run. I go on my treadmill for five minutes. I need a Peloton nine,
2: You know what? I locked I the market. I locked the market. It was one ninety nine offer, and I was two hundred bid, and people thought it was free <laughs> money. And I just stood there. It was an iceberg, or I should say, an ice cream berg, and that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> He's
1: pick it on me, guys. Guys and girls, I think he's picking on me again.
3: <laughs> I,
1: I know. know. It's, no, I know. Ice cream it's water. actually uh, – I not for a few days, but I'm probably approaching the 210 level. I can just feel it. My oh, once it a you bit take bigger.
2: out 210, Whew, there's I've been stocks. as high as
1: 215. 215 the all-time
2: high man. I'm at
1: 214.75. Uh, Selling all anyway. day. Just yeah. uh, sitting there. Just iceberg. Just sitting in front. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and any back to 205? Oh, my God. Am I going to be bid at 205? Holy mackerel. <laughs> so, back okay, so to – Before yeah, we run on this terrible
1: the, tangent about back my weight. to the weight. point.
2: <laughs> oh, it's one of the best tangents ever on the show.
1: <laughs> so, before we went on this terrible tangent about my weight, I just want to say um, companies like the Cheesecake Factory are awesome businesses. If they get through this, they're going to be you know, a good – this is going to be a good stock to buy if it gets through it. But Big right if. now, we don't know if it is going to be able to survive. It will survive a month it'll survive a couple months. If we're in like shutdown mode for six months, there's going to be a lot of shockers. Like that business is going under because these businesses are not designed to have zero revenue. They can take a hit like, oh, revenues are down 10% and that hurts a lot. When revenues fall 70, 80%, it's down significantly. Don't kid yourself about McDonald's. Best of breed in the restaurant world, the drive throughs are still open. If they go into a lockdown and decide that, you know, all it takes is one person getting sick from drive-through food, one or two people, and they all of a sudden say no, drive-throughs have got to close. You know, you could see McDonald's fall 20%, you know, in a hurry and something like that. So we don't know. The drive-throughs are still open. I I drove around, McDonald's drive-through is packed. So it's still getting a lot of business there. But we don't know how long the shutdown's going to go and we don't know how much, you know, if they lock it down, how many more businesses even drive-throughs could end up potentially being shut down cuz that could happen. You think about You're definitely, they asked Scott Gottlieb this on CNBC and he kind of beat around the bush on the question a little bit, but, you know, should we be ordering out? I am not ordering them because you don't know the person who is preparing your food. I know when it's boxed that, you know, I can clean the outside of the box and get inside the box and in all likelihood that box food was prepared long ago. So, you know, you're probably pretty fine on the stuff that's inside the box. I'll have it's machine prepared. But when you have somebody actually preparing your food, making your pizza, using the pepperonis, are they using gloves? Did they cough? Did they sneeze? Do they potentially have it? I mean, there is a possibility that, you know, you can get, you know, you're taking a risk. Now, Scott Gottlieb said balancing the risk with your sanity is important. So I'm not saying everybody stop getting takeout. I'm saying if that keeps you sane in an insane world here right now, by all means, order your takeout. But you are definitely taking on an increased risk. And that's what Scott Gottlieb was saying too on CMBC, by ordering takeout, because we don't know the driver, you know, we don't know the person who prepared that food. So for me, I'm with my two asthmatic kids and the one obviously severely asthmatic, I'm not taking that chance. You know, for Joel, somebody's healthy, you know, obviously, you know, you're going to have exposure through Lisa too. I mean, maybe there's a chances you're willing to take. So it's all about your own risk tolerance. It's almost like back to like portfolio management. You're almost managing it in your own health as well. I personally am not take doing any takeout. I haven't had any at all. No drive throughs nothing prepared. But what, that's, I'm taking extra me, caution because of the asthmatic kids.
2: Okay. Let, let me give you another scenario here. I call it the cheese chunk factory, not cheese cake It's <laughs> going
1: back to cheese. Okay. No, I, I think we're going to have to argue this. that this is not good food. I, I think we're okay. Past no, no, no.
2: This is the last time, and then we can move on. Okay. These – these restaurants are going to change capacity. Okay. You're not going to want to sit as close to people. So there's going to be less capacity in these restaurants for a long time. Also, I mean, you know, I mean, they're going to have to, you know, clean the booths every time. I mean, there's, you know, people are going to sit farther apart. There's not going to be as much capacity. And I, you know, I just think people's perception of going out to dinner from an economic and a health style point, I, I don't want to put the restaurants in the same, same category as um, you know, the airlines and the cruise lines, but I still, think, I still think they're no touch for me.
1: What about Disney World?
2: What's I don't want to hear my thoughts Disney, on World? Disney World. How
1: much revenue – Spencer, you looked it up. I don't have it in front of me. How much rev, their overall revenue uh, do you know is derived was... from parks? Yeah, it was
0: weeks ago. I could, fi- I could find it in like 30 seconds. But then you think
1: about also Disney with the movies. I mean, nobody's going to the movies. They're not even producing any movies here right now. You know, Disney, fabulous franchise, fabulous business. You know, you'd think you'd want to own this stock all day. But I'm scared. You know, it's on my wish list. You know, I'll add it. Actually, it's not. But it's on my wish list. But I'm not pulling the trigger here because if we are shut down for a prolonged period of time, and even that, you were saying like travel's going to take be- a long time to bounce back. People aren't going to be that comfortable going to Disney World. You know, I joked and said, oh, I'm going to Disney World when this thing's over. But, you know, I'm going to be extra cautious. And there's going to be a lot of people that probably – those parks aren't going to be packed like they used to be, even when we reopen, because it's a place where everybody all right, from parks, all over the world goes.
0: Parks, experiences, and products are about 27% of revenue.
1: That's it, eh? What's the other side? Is it Movies? Is that like, uh, I mean,
2: like- Studio uh, entra- ESPN is not stu- showing any sports right now. Well, ESPN's small, though?
1: Listen,
0: well no, it's not. It's part of the media networks, okay? That's 24%. Okay. That I'm sorry. That's that's uh, if if Parks is 27% of revenue, then Media Networks is like, I don't know, call it uh 25% of revenue. Okay. Uh Studio Entertainment um you know, let's, let's, do, let's do the math there real fast. Uh, studio entertainment, that's movies, 11% of revenue, and, and direct to consumer and international is about 9% of revenue. So the biggest segments are by far the parks and the media networks. Th- those two account for about half the companies, or a little more than uh, parks half is significant.
1: Parks is definitely significant at 27%. I mean, that's a thought process when you're coming in here and, you know, you're buying your, Dis- your Disney. I mean, I'm a big fan of the company long term, and it will, I will try to buy it when we like have light at the end of the tunnel. But if we're shut down, if Disney World shut down for six months, you know, or, you know, even if it's shut down for another three, people are going to be spooked to go back there. It could be a losing money adventure for them for a while, which is insanity to think about. Yep. But uh, I'm hands off until I get more clarity here.
2: And if you're out of, you know, a lot of people save up for vacations and save up for a rainy day when, you know, this things things bounce back with full open economy in June. Boom, boom, boom. Are people going to, are they going to run to Disney World? Are they going to? I mean, how much is, I haven't been there in a long time. But it's a crazy expensive. It's crazy Uh, expensive. uh, I
1: was there a year ago. So expensive.
0: Actually, like like one year ago today, I was in Disney World.
2: Yeah. We did.
1: So comparison purposes, me and my wife and the two kids did Disney World two years ago. And we stayed at the park. We did it right up. Stayed right at Fort Wilderness. You know, we had a cabin. Kids loved it. It was awesome. Awesome experience. Loved it. Five grand. That that whole trip was seven thousand bucks. Yep. And we just did Dominican Republic, or uh, the next year, and that trip was forty eight hundred. And we just did Jamaica, and that trip was like fifty two hundred. So I mean, you're and actually, I asked the kids what they liked. I asked them to rank them, and they liked Jamaica the best because you're swimming and you're doing things, and that's what they and there like. There was no so, one there. It, well yeah, it was half full because <laughs> I went two, three weeks before this thing all happened. I, I was ahead of it apparently. I was a little worried when I got sick there for a week, but
2: <laughs> I should have but, bought the weekly calls when you went to Jamaica. Like the weekly <laughs> 205s, they probably move real well. Well oh,
1: well, let's talk about the cruise lines here and we can just you know talk about the and, Carnival cruise and, line. And't't and don't, don't, forget,
0: don't forget Disney has a cruise line.
1: Too. Yeah, that's not going to be getting a lot of revenue. But what about this Carnival cruise lines, their capital raise? So this did not go well. So they originally were trying to raise, I believe, $1.25 And they had to give, a, a, I believe, a, a significant coupon on it. So yeah, here you go. Um, pricing 11.5% interest. And if the convertible notes, 5.75% uh, um, well, f- pricing of 5.75%. But a convertible. They had to give it a discount. They had a price at eight bucks and, that, and the stock closed yesterday or it didn't close yesterday, but it was up You know, at, at like 11 or 12. So significant discount and a huge coupon to raise the capital. They got it done. But with that being said, you know, here's the stock at 790. So you've got some serious dilution going to happen, which is what we've been talking about. And how long does this keep the company afloat? Pun intended.
2: I wouldn't loan them a wooden nickel.
1: People do it. They, I, they got it done. They got it done. I don't know if they got as much as they wanted. Uh, did they get it the whole thing? Yeah. Can let's, you, let me look Can you here. find
2: out what banks did it so you could short them? Let me look here. Uh,
0: yeah. So they a
1: one point uh, two uh, oh, five no. billion. It looks like on the convertible. I'm just trying to grab this. If I'm wrong, correct me because I'm just grabbing this quickly here. After not, you know. They, they, uh, the offering was decreased
0: to around five hundred million. From so that, that's what they got. Five hundred million. They didn't even 100. get it all. They they were trying for 1.25 billion. They got they get five hundred million.
1: So they didn't um, even get it all. They offered you know a huge coupon and you know a, a deep discount to where the stock was trading on the convertible part of it. and They couldn't even get it all done, but they did get some. So scary, man. I think the carnivals, are, the the carnival, the NCLH and the RCL at this point in time are just a call option. Um, whether they're going to stay, we don't know. Whether they're going to survive or not. So you're coming in here and you're buying these things right now. It's just uh, you know you're you're basically gambling on survival we don't know there, you know you can say well how could those companies but the debt and the you know the, the servicing there the expenses are just incredible and it's going to take a long time for people to come back and go on a cruise so scary that is ground zero i, I just want to before you wrap pull up the chart of lk one more time
0: here you only see these moves typically with biotech stocks Where's when they that? have it's at $4 it when under that's 4 that's why you second. don't try
1: to call the bottom it was at so, 750 now it's a four. The person who bought it at 750 these things don't bounce back. Like they don't go 450 to 750 not very often. So it is still, it can lose it that fast. It's very hard to get it back. Because the person who just bought it at four, you just bought it at eight, 20 minutes ago. The person that buys it at four, and stocks go, got to go up 100% from this point for you to get your money back from 20 minutes ago. Don't try to call bottoms. Don't be a hero. Yeah, eight, they- down 82%, incredible fall.
0: Yeah, you just incredible.
1: All right, uh Joel, uh, any final word here on the markets
0: here, I'll pull up and try to the S&P's.
2: Uh well, let's see here. Uh somehow we're still green on the session. Uh we're still up 1175 here at 59.50. Uh so that's the good news. The other good news is is that we held the close from yesterday at 48 even. Uh as your low stands at 4850. So what I'm hoping for, but I can't guarantee, is that you know we rally up maybe to the mid-range area. If we got anywhere in the 2470 handle, be looking for a lower risk short. Uh, you take out that uh, that close, and then you are looking at uh, the low from yesterday at 34 and a quarter. And for a long time, I was thinking, you know, can we take back 50 percent of the rally from 2174? up to 26, 35 and a half. And that comes in right around 24.05. And that comes in right at your five day low at 24 and a quarter. So there it is. Hold the close or we can definitely be looking at 2400 today. All right, that
0: will put a bow on today's show. I want to thank our guest, Mark Chicken. Thanks to everyone in our chats, both on YouTube and on premarket.benzinga.com. You can always catch the replay of our show on YouTube or the podcast version on whatever podcast platform you prefer. You can always give us shoot us an email, any questions, comments, concerns premarket at benzinga.com. You also click on the link in the description of this video for a a free trial and subsequent discount to Benzinga Pro. It's our real-time news service. Uh, Please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Joel and I will be back with you at 3.40 as is the norm these past couple weeks, and the whole crew will be back with you tomorrow morning. Everyone have a great day, and be safe out there.